This is Diving Board, a show about artists, the art they make, and a wide range of social and cultural issues. I'm Bill Valerio, and I run the Woodmere Art Museum, where we tell the stories of Philadelphia's art and artists. And I'm Stephanie Marutis of Cuvenda Media, where we produce narratives for social change. On today's show, we're diving into the topic of civil rights and the pursuit of freedom with an extraordinary conversation between Jerry Pinckney, who's a master watercolorist and renowned illustrator, and Crystal Lucky, a professor of African-American literature at Villanova University. Pinckney's work is the focus of our exhibition, Freedom's Journal, and it showcases more than a hundred of his illustrations. I think so much of this show, the reason for this show, and the reasons for a lot of new publications has to do with slavery's place and how it affects us today. Yes. Through his work, Jerry Pinckney shows us the terrible historic facts of the transatlantic slave trade and puts a human face on the brutality that slaves had to go through. The scars of slavery remain with us today. Right now in America, at the time of this recording, we're coming to terms with the governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam, and the racist photograph that he put on his 1984 medical school yearbook. While Northam is being pressured to resign, we're also confronted by inflammatory remarks and immoral metaphors from the President of the United States and its dangerous ripple effects in our society. So the reason for our Freedom's Journal exhibition speaks to the necessity to raise consciousness of this hard history. The unique thing about art, whether it's music, writing, or watercolors, the art tears this history open and makes us feel it. Artists like Jerry Pinckney also help us see the possibilities and the strength and resilience in the contributions of African Americans to American history. As you'll hear on the show today, Jerry Pinckney's conversation with Crystal Lucky dives into what it might have felt like to be a slave brought over through the Middle Passage. They'll also talk about what do you say to children about slavery and how to find solace in what Pinckney calls the Ark of Promise to overcome this challenging history? In doing so, they'll explore the meaning of his work and some of the images he created for The Old African by Julius Lester and a poem by Thylias Moss. The text says, I walked home slowly. I kicked up rocks and dirt that filled the air like tiny butterflies. I held a handful of river water then I let go of it above my head like rain. And this image of this girl here and this man yes. who we find out is a self-portrait of you, right? right? right. Well, I want to be is my story. It's your story. And, and here at Woodmere, in an effort to comprehend the painful history of slavery and think about issues around freedom, we've created a unique storytelling experience around Jerry Pinckney's illustrations in The Old African and Minty, the story of young Harriet Tubman. We teamed up with our constant partner, Warren Ori, to compose original music inspired by these two books, which could then be used to accompany dramatic readings performed by Suzanne Burgess 
and himself, Warren. And we've also made their performances of The Old African and Minty available in podcast form so you can hear these stories in their entirety. Along with our episodes featuring Warren and Suzanne talking about what these stories mean to them and how they view their performances as a springboard for broader conversations around slavery and freedom. And lastly, we went to Germantown with Jerry Pinckney and romped through the streets, churches, schools, libraries where he grew up and that inspired him to find his voice as the artist he is today. Jerry, I'm really excited about the exhibition in its entirety because I think that what it allows is a space for us as viewers, as Americans, as Philadelphians, to think about such an important historical and cultural moment in our nation's history. And it's a period that's very painful, that has been very difficult to talk about, the transatlantic slave trade, the Middle Passage, all of the trauma and horror of that experience, but then also it serves as a moment and as a space for people like you as a visual artist, but also for literary artists to sort of use it as a, a jumping off point to begin to think about a whole range of things. I mean, do you feel that way as yeah, well? I do, and when I think about this exhibition and what it represents to me, and I think about this time that we're living in today, yes, it is about this conversation about the history of not this of African Americans but the history of this country. Mm. What this show represents to me and as a jumping off point for conversation is this larger picture of the world we live in mm -hmm. today. But I think before we get to that piece and sort of explore it, we have to talk about the reasons why I got involved. Mm -hmm and the importance of this work to me. Mm -hmm. And this ability which uh, to also tackle some of the hard pieces of African-American and African experience, and that is certainly slavery, the Middle Passage, and then the struggle after that. Yes. This all comes out of a need for me to sort of understand myself, mm -hmm. um, to find out my place in this country, which I do love. Mm -hmm. um, so what you see is this chronicling of a series of paintings that speak to the existence, my existence, mm -hmm. your existence, mm -hmm. visually. Now, one of the things that I think it's important as a visual artist this sense of emotionally mm -hmm. creating a distance so that we can, I can as an artist, tackle the hard part, mm -hmm. the hard pieces. And you'll see that throughout the old African, but many of the works that I've done over the years where there's this separation and looking at the African-American experiences through a lens of a historian, mm -hmm. way almost a historian might approach it through research and through facts as much as I can gather. And then the process starts in trying to tell that story visually, and then allowing at that point that the emotion just flows through me. 
but it's the distance at first which allows me to tackle the hard parts. You know, there's so many things that your comments are making me think about. One is the way that you start with the self, right? That yes. you were trying to understand yourself. And I'm thinking back to in the late 80s when I went to graduate school for my master's degree, yes. and I had done work as an undergraduate in English and had done some work in African-American literature, but came out of college feeling like, I want to teach this material, but there's so much more I need to learn. Yes. And wanted to go and to learn about my own stories, right? Yeah. And so I really hadn't thought about that until, like I hadn't remembered all those years ago that that was really what did drive me to graduate school. I wanted to know more yeah. about myself. I wanted to know more about my history. I wanted to know more about, you know, what I was made of and yes. what was my background. Yeah. So it makes me think so much about you as a storyteller and that you take the images that you create mm -hmm. to tell various types of stories. And as a scholar of African-American literature, I'm looking at those narrative artists who are telling all kinds of stories, but then there's something else that goes on for writers, for visual artists like yourself, that you're also getting us to understand and know the truth yes. that sort of goes beyond just the facts. Yes. So I think about a writer like Toni Morrison, who in her the sort of the quintessential 20th century novel about American slavery, in my mind, mm -hmm. Beloved, that she does that work of telling us all about facts, right? And we understand these really important facts about the plantation system. And we understand very important facts about certain artifacts as well. But then there's something else about getting us to experience the truth of American slavery. And I think that that comes out so beautifully in your work. And I'm thinking about all of these artists throughout the 20th century that have been trying to get us to know the truth yes. about that experience, right? right? Whether it was our forefathers and mothers coming through the Middle Passage or whether it's their lives on plantations or whether it's their struggle to wrest freedom for themselves, right? Yes. Um, and then the new lives that they experienced as free people, as emerging citizens in America. I think it's really exciting to make those connections between the artists, all of you as artists, whether right. it's narrative artists or visual artists. That just brings to mind, I just had the opportunity to visit MoMA, the Museum of yes. Modern Art, yes. to see the Charles White uh, exhibition who has uh, been I don't know if I like using the word inspiration, but I don't find another word right now. Mm -hmm. He has been my muse in so many ways because he taught me through his art uh, the full range of the human experience and the black experience. Yeah. And I was struck the other day by the sense of dignity and joy mm -hmm. in, in his work, but also how he presented with the slave posters. Yeah. You see that in my work, this effort to talk about the black experience. And as Tom Feelings once says, there has to be an elegance to yeah. the work as well. You see it in Charles White. You see my efforts 
in trying to present the horrors of slavery through a medium that is, in a sense, uh, speaks to life and joy. Yeah. Um, the hope is that I present these hard things in such a way that allows that viewer to enter into that space, mm -hmm. which is actually my space. Yeah. So that is the hope and the intent of the work. So I'm thinking about when you talk about the space and, and allowing us to come into the space and the beauty of that space, it makes me think about a whole range of writers who have given us these various stories. And when you talk about elegance and dignity and beauty, it makes me think about the challenges for both visual artists and, and I'm also thinking about musical artists, yes. right? And narrative artists who are attempting to sort of create beauty from what is quite ugly. Yes, and it brings up something very important that how do you teach yes. slavery or the middle passage, this dark period in yes. history, how do you teach that to children? Yes. And I think in, in many respects, if we kind of focus there, mm -hmm. if we start with children, we're going to find our way to talk to adults about yes. this material as well. Yes, I think well. you're right. So you talked about this sense of coming out of something. And as you were talking, I couldn't think about what it feels like for getting over a, a bad cold. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you, the cold breaks, and you find yourself in this space, mm -hmm. and you see the world anew mm -hmm. for a short period of time. <laughs> but you do. And, and, and I think in, in so many ways, the experience of the African-American experience mm -hmm. in this country is that like that. Yeah. It's like getting over something, mm -hmm. and then out of that is a new life. Mm -hmm. and, and even today, when because I think so much of this show, the reason for this show, and the reasons for a lot of new publications has to do with slavery's place and how it affects us today. Yes. And I think that's important. So getting back to speaking about it in terms of how do you talk to children mm -hmm. about it, you have to talk about the Africans ripped away from their homeland mm -hmm. and that middle passage mm -hmm. with no free will to landing into this country, mm -hmm. trying to find and make a new life under being enslaved and this sense of at that time still adding to this country's history and culture. Mm -hmm and being, mm -hmm. um, the importance of cotton. Mm -hmm. uh, we have importance of needing that cotton to be picked by mm -hmm. enslaved people, and at the same time propelling this country forward, That's right. as, and at the same time keeping black folks down. Yes. But the resilience is that's where we must talk and start with children. Mm -hmm. The resilience of coming out of being captives, being enslaved, being victims to a sense of contribution. Mm -hmm. And I love to draw that line of between Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass and to John Lewis. Yeah. And then the first black And president. Barack Obama. Um, That's exactly. right. <laughs> so this is this beautiful arc of promise. You can't have that arc of promise if you don't show where you came from. That's right. You can't move ahead until you know your history and where it started and how it started. I think that's so important because I know that one of the struggles for parents who are raising African-American children is that they are always thinking about that arc. And, and often the, the criticism that I hear is that 
we focus so much on that period of enslavement, right? Mm -hmm. And that they want to see sort of the end of the rainbow. Yes. But I love your phrase, the arc of promise, yeah. because if you don't have the beginning of the arc, right, and move through the height of the arc, right, and get us to that place of promise, you can't see the totality yes. of the movement. And if we don't talk about all of it, we run the risk of sort of teaching our children, I think, and uh, something that's imbalanced, right, an imbalanced right. history. And we don't want to do that. We want to teach sort of a balanced, we want to teach an arc of promise. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a book title. That's a book title. That's great. The Ark of Promise speaks truly to the exceptional nature of Jerry Pinckney and his work. Both poetic and illustrative, it's an image full of endless possibilities. And right now, Crystal and Jerry's conversation is going to dive deeper into the illustrations he created for The Old African by Julius Lester. The book was inspired by the 1803 revolt of Igbo captives aboard a slave vessel off the coast of Georgia. And the story, both in text and Jerry Pinckney's images, bring to life what it might have felt like for Africans captured in their homeland, who were then crammed into ships with hundreds of others and continually subjected to an inhumane existence as slaves in the Americas. I'm wondering about the old African. I'm looking at this cover image and the way that it sort of establishes place. And I wonder, could you talk a little bit about the beginning of the old African and those images that introduce the text? Even though I start with a text, I start with something that someone else has created. So my art is a response to a written text. Yes. Yes. So and Julius Lester's words, Julius you're Lester responding. Words is, is the springboard. For right. Me. Now, one of the things that I try to do is that I'm not necessarily just illustrating a text, but what I think about my work is enlarging or mm. expanding in the mm. text. In terms of my role in this particular book and how I got into it, first you start again with the text. The boy's wrists were tied so that his arms hugged the trunk of a large oak tree. His face was pressed against it as if it were the bosom of the mm. mother he had never known. His back glistened red with blood. Whack! That was the start of Julius's text. Yes. Now, I found that part very challenging. Mm -hmm. And so I needed for my own self to enter in this book, almost as if a reader, when reading this book for the first time, would you proceed after that whack? And I wasn't sure about mm. that. So I needed the reader to actually enter into that space. So what I thought and really carried through was this idea that I wanted you to win that whack when the text says whack that you prepared for it, hmm. that you're now in that place. So I oh. began, which is um, kind of a, um, a, a way of figuring that out, and that was I start with an image that perhaps the reader is not quite sure how it fits within the context mm -hmm. of the whole book. There's a slave, escaping slave, and there are a slave catchers and dogs. That right. is the opening illustration. Mm -hmm. So I'm setting you up with a question. 
we kind of know what he is and right. where he's going and what he's trying to achieve through this, but we don't know exactly what's going to happen. And one of the challenges I had, because we had talked so often about my full range of emotions mm -hmm. in my figures, uh, here was trying to say something else. It's a, more of a statement. Yeah, because um, we don't have a face, no. right? We yeah. have the back, this very right. strong back of this male figure. Right. He looks powerful. Yeah, somewhat silhouetted. Right, and, but we don't see any emotions no. on his face. No. So what so we have to read is in his body. We read right? in the body because you don't see mm -hmm. a face in there. You don't know what he looks like. Mm -hmm. and, and this is all subconscious. I, mm -hmm. We enter into these things and they unfold mm -hmm. as we work them. There is a part of the text that speaks about the ships mm -hmm. and about the clouds. And <clears throat> certainly the ship is so important in this mm -hmm. book. So he's facing down this horror. The, the ship, yeah. Right? He's facing it down, which is almost the conclusion of the book. What's facing also interesting history. is as he's facing this down, also because of the vivid colors that you've used, right. it looks like fire. Well, it does represent, I mean, the red represents mm -hmm. a lot of things. Mm -hmm. There is a point where the old masters, this house mm -hmm. gets burnt down, Burns. lightning strikes. Mm -hmm. um, we have red as a dominant color mm -hmm. in the Igbo culture. We also have red as blood. Mm -hmm. We also have red as the sunset the west oh, so, so it represents all and that those. red on the water, the water is, is that <coughs> sunset yeah in the west yeah which is where yeah certainly the enslaved end up and by the way i wish it would have unfolded in this the way i explained it <laughs> <laughs> that would but be the I easy know, way <laughs> exactly but it was a process of really things not working to arrive at this cover when covers be or any image becomes iconic the intent is always just to tell the story the best way. Mm -hmm. The viewer makes it iconic. You know, we talked about the challenges of teaching about the Middle Passage to children. And I'm looking at an image, say, like this one here. These figures, these men who are chained and are bound to one another or an image here where on the ship and you have all of these bodies right all of these black bodies that you know are experiencing trauma and pain and are physically restricted and i wonder how do we help children enter into this space well i think one of the things that this book represents and, and maybe that's a guide to this big picture mm -hmm. of telling children about slavery and the horrors of slavery. The old African represents in so many ways the beginning um, mm -hmm. when we talk about capture and enslavement. We talk about the Middle Passage and we talk about through my art what it must have felt like to be chained, mm -hmm. um, to be in these cramped spaces with your sense of self being ripped away mm -hmm. from you. The old African tells this full story because it ends, in a sense, with this sense of freedom, mm -hmm. uh, of overcoming, of courage, and a choice that ended, in this case, the sense of going back to Africa with this sense of 
a better life or was it freedom? But this book represents that arc because in the end, there is a sense of freedom. Yeah. There is one image that we hadn't talked about that I think one of the difficulties mm -hmm. that I had, and that was starting with the cargo, or the planning, loading planning mm -hmm. drawings and graphics. Whoa, that's a hard one. Mm -hmm. Slave ships and how mm -hmm. they were going to place these humans mm -hmm. um, into an, an inhuman situation. Yes. And these were plans. And I don't know if you remember when you first saw one of those. I don't know, but I, I can I know it was it's always been there mm -hmm. in a sense. And whether um, I was introduced to it in terms of talking about sleep, I don't know. I don't For me, remember. it was undergrad. I do remember. Oh, mm -hmm. I do remember those very nicely planned out yes. diagrams right. of those neatly laid bodies yes. that gave you some sort of false impression exactly that there was some kind of neat structure right. for putting human beings or i should say sort of making human beings into human cargo right um, right and i remember it a was way a, to maximize space absolutely um, it was and, as an undergraduate and i remember it was very yeah. moving for me but i had that image implanted in my brain mm -hmm. and i knew then in a sense that what was going to be important that to replace that image. Because mm -hmm. that image gave us no emotion. Exactly. It gave us no physical bodies. Right. 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 It gave us no pain. No. No. Right. Exactly. It was efficiency. Yeah. And it probably for the um, the slavers a sense of distancing mm -hmm. themselves through mm -hmm. from humanity. That's right. They were cargo. That's right. They were simply cargo. And if you can make these people into cargo, cargo. then you can separate yourself from the atrocities that you are committing. Exactly. So what my attempt here was to think about it in terms of always starting in a sense with self. Yes. How would I respond? That's right. Um, and what way would I like to respond? Mm -hmm. And then I wanted the full range of emotions. Like we go about our day-to-day -day lives with That's a full right. range of emotions. Mm -hmm. uh, and we, how we face adversity and something that is hard to deal with. Yeah. And so we know friends and we know people respond to those things differently. So in the whole of a ship. Would you be the courageous one who's That's striking right. out? That's right. Would you be the frozen one, so mm -hmm, fearful mm -hmm. of, uh, or would you be praying? Mm -hmm. Or singing. Or singing. And or so, crying. Yeah, and crying. Right. So what I have often, and I looked at this mm. image just the other night because I wanted to try to figure out, in a sense, now that I'm some distance from this image, did I achieve what I wanted to, mm -hmm. and I began to section off different parts of this drawing. And, and identify and people. And looking at the individuals, mm -hmm. and now by the way, the way this worked was to see and draw each individual captive. Mm -hmm. um, I had to do them individually in a way to try to get that full range of emotion. And you can see that when you look here, these are individual people exactly. with faces yes. and their faces have express emotion. Their body language exudes emotion, yeah. right? Some are sitting open, some are 
sort of clenching fists or wrapping themselves up in mm -hmm. their arms. Some are almost turning away like yeah. they can't stand to look at it. Some look very angry. Yes. Like this guy, I wonder, is he talking? Is he yelling? Is he singing? What he's doing is he's asking <laughs> you to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. And if, in fact, viewers have that conversation with themselves or with others, mm -hmm. then this piece is successful. Mm -hmm. Because what you've downed, you've just entered into this picture. Mm -hmm. You've put yourself into the hole of the ship. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I guess maybe this is the opportunity to go to this one of the, the final images mm -hmm. of this book because it really does express this sense of return. Mm -hmm. And we know that they return with a new life. So we get this sort of joyous celebration. It's beautiful. Yeah. Returning yeah. home. Which is, again, mm -hmm. maybe this is how mm -hmm. we teach it through this image. Mm -hmm. And then we just move quickly into the future. Mm -hmm. And we talk about the inauguration of President Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's powerful yeah. and hopeful. Yes, exactly. And gorgeous. <laughs> right? mm -hmm. And from here, Crystal Lucky, being the professor of literature she is, draws a beautiful literary connection between the old African and Jerry Pinckney's illustrations in I Want to Be, which is an inspirational poem about a young African-American girl and all the things she can become. As a viewer, so can I tell you something that's really interesting sure. to me, that as we look at this and we're sort of, he's facing his future, right. facing where we're going. It makes me think of another one of your texts. It makes me think about I want to be, yes. right? And when we think about what he's facing, right. essentially, although he doesn't know it, I mean, who he's facing is this little girl, right? right? And he's facing the future that ultimately she's going to have as this African-American, right? As yeah. this black American woman. Yeah. And this girl is looking at all of the possibilities, right? I want to be, mm -hmm. and that I want to be is completely open-ended. In some ways, the way that his vision is, right? Yes. He's facing challenges and facing what's going to be yes. that are going to be very dark and very difficult. But ultimately, who we end up with is this beautiful little girl who has all kinds of possibilities, right? That here she is standing at the top of the sliding board, right? Mm -hmm. And her arms stretched to the sky and sitting there in the grass and thinking about all of the things that she can become. And using that word become or becoming mm -hmm. makes me think of the first lady, right? Yes. To, to our wonderful President Obama, right? This girl and who she's becoming. I want to be, I want to become X, mm -hmm. Y, Z, right? Mm -hmm. And I love this image here where she's, the text says, I walked home slowly. I kicked up rocks and dirt that filled the air like tiny butterflies. I held a handful of river water. Then I let go of it above my head like rain. And this image of this girl here and this man yes. who 
we find out, is a self-portrait of you, right? right? right. Well, I want to be is my story. It's your story. And, uh, Crystal, could you read the dedication, sure. my dedication? Sure. I think it's in the back of the Okay. Book, the very back. Yeah. In memory of my mother, Willie Mae, who encouraged me to be an artist. This is my story. Yeah. One of the things that I love doing is to see how people respond to my work mm -hmm. and how I respond to my work after that distance. Mm -hmm. Do I mention red? Mm -hmm. Which is such a powerful color in the old African. Yeah. Here we see it in a much more joyous. In her shirt, way. in her exactly. socks, exactly. In the flowers, and in your suspenders, in the right? arc of hope, which is a rainbow. In the water and the rainbow, yeah. the butterflies. I yeah. mean, it's this is absolutely the hope that we're talking exactly. about, right? Yeah. And and so I've been obsessed with Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, and. In the book, she talks about how it's important for people to tell their stories, yes. right? It's important for everyone to tell his or her story and not to make it be like anybody else's story because yeah. they're unique. And this gets exactly to what you're talking about, right? You here is a part of your story right. and this dedication to your mother and mm -hmm. who, right? All of these folks that actually are protagonist here on the front of the old African. Exactly. Yeah. He doesn't even know that that's what he's yeah. looking at, right? He doesn't even know that those yeah. are the people that he's seeing, but these are, they're us, yeah, right? Exactly. They're, they're us. Yeah. That makes me happy. Oh, good. In a moment in our nation's history, in our contemporary moment, that's filled with a lot of anxiety and consternation and dissension and anger and hatred. I look at something like this and it makes me happy. It makes me think about possibilities. Yeah. It makes me think about hope. Right. It makes me think about flowers and gardens and And beauty. And beauty. You had mentioned beauty. That's right. Earlier. That's yes. right. Special thanks to Jerry Pinckney and Crystal Lucky for joining us at Woodmere and making time for this conversation. And be sure to check out our other podcast episodes. There's our tour with Jerry Pinkney through his old stomping grounds where he talked about what shaped his artistic vision over the years. And don't forget, we have an episode out with Warren Ori and Suzanne Burgess talking about the importance of Jerry Pinkney's illustrations for The Old African and Minty, the story of young Harriet Tubman. And they also talk about how they see their dramatic readings of these books paired with music can be a platform for broader conversations about slavery and freedom. We've also made their performances of The Old African and Minty available in podcast form so you can hear these stories in their entirety. And of course, we hope you'll come see Jerry Pinckney's masterful artwork in person here at Woodmere and join us for a series of live events. For more information about the exhibition Freedom's Journal, go online to woodmereartmuseum.org and follow us on social media at Woodmere Art. Thank you for joining us.